You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. I'm speaking with Lisa Goldstein. Her new book is The Uncertain Places. Thank you for joining me, Lisa. Oh, you're welcome. Lisa, this is a a fabulous work which reworks uh, stories we've heard before into a completely new world, a new format with your own individual vision and set in the current day. So I'd like you to talk about that entire transmutation process. When did it start and how did you work it? Oh, I... Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I started with the idea of these this sort of mysterious family living in Napa Valley. And um, I didn't really know what was that mysterious about them at first. And then I just started writing. This was a, a really strange book to write because I didn't know at all where I was going. So it had like a whole bunch of starts and stops and writing in the wrong direction and then I finally realized that they were tied into an ancient fairy tale that that I made up and um, then I got into more into fairy tales and I started researching fairy tales and um, and it just it spread out from there. Talk about choosing Napa as your location because I have to say if there's a, a place that seems magical in California that's high on the list. Well, that's why I did it, because I, I suddenly thought that um, where would somebody, kind of a mysterious family, live? And they wouldn't live in, like, a big city, but they wouldn't live in, like, a little town. They'd live somewhere out in the mountains, and they'd be able to support themselves by making wine or growing grapes or whatever. And nobody would really know that much about them. They'd just be able to be off by themselves, and then people would come and maybe research them or want to find out more about them or, you know, visit them. It was very, it was a good um, setting. I really enjoyed doing that. And then, um, so I I sent the book for a quote to Ursula Le Guin, and apparently she, she had grown up summering in Napa Valley, and she knew more about it than I did. So in addition to giving me a quote, she kept telling me, she kept saying, well, would they really do this? Does this really exist in Napa? I don't remember this in Napa back then. <laughs> so I had to do a lot of research. It was pretty amazing. Research that involved traveling to wine country and staying in nice inns. That sounds like pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, that was that part of it was fun. But mostly it was, um, it takes place in, it starts in 1971. So I had to find out what was going on in 1971. And I would, um, I talked to somebody at the Historical Society you know, it was like little things like I thought that they would put the wine, the vines up on trellises the way they do now. And apparently they weren't doing that in 71. It wasn't it wasn't as big uh, um, industry as it is now. So it was very quiet. It was a lot, lot more quiet, which was good for my book. I like that, that it was kind of, you know, a little backwater and people just lived there without being disturbed by other people. And then it got more and more um, busy 
Talk about creating this family because it's a really interesting family. I think we talked about this before, and, and uh, I love the your your take on the family because I think families are at the center of so many stories and are such a great driver for story and narrative, especially when you're doing something that's slightly odd because we all have family and we all think our family is slightly odd. <laughs> I, I certainly do. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to create a family that was just a little mysterious and kind of magical or that you could tell was kind of in touch with magic and um, for the two sisters I actually used people I'd known I I don't know what's going to happen when they find out but or if they find out (laughs) but people I'd known in high school and um, you know people I thought were interesting or um, glamorous or you know, in touch with some kind of magical something. Um, And also the two guys were kind of a mix of guys that I knew around then in college. So that that was, I've never done that before either. I've never um, used actual people, based something on actual people, because I didn't think it would work. But this time it really did. Now, uh, you used a word, and it struck me uh, how... The meaning of the word you you described your your uh, old friends as glamorous, but uh, glamour is also another word for magic. Yeah. So, well, there was the the older sister. The um, she's an actress, and this was based on a friend of mine who um, was very very talented. Was an actress and a writer and a um, God knows what a dancer and and very funny and and I. You know, I knew her in high school and college, and I wondered what had happened to her. And then, so, of course, with Google, I looked her up. And unfortunately, it turned out she died, which was like this horrible thing. And then I started thinking about her, and I just thought, well, I'll put her in this book. You also uh, created your own fairy tale, and you then you went out and studied fairy tales, which is an interesting <laughs> progression. So talk about how do you study fairy tales? I mean, uh, what kind of sources did you go to? Well, I studied them first, and then I created my own. So I, I read the Grimm's fairy tales, and I read just um, books about them, and I learned a lot about them. And I got kind of, I kind of got the pattern down in my head and so I just started to write one and it it turned out a lot you know it's the using the simple language and kind of the you know archetypal characters like the woodsman you know not not an actual character and it kind of worked I thought and I kind of um wrote my own fairy tale and I and I claimed that it was a lost grim fairy tale which was kind of cool one of the things I think that is uh, interests me about books like yours is that they speak about these kind of secret places in our lives and secret lives that people have. But when you're reading a book, I, it, it struck me recently, you're also leading a secret life. That reading itself is a kind of a secret life that each of us can choose to lead. And I think when you're writing a book about fairy tales and in which the the stories become part of your stories, you get a real interesting nested scrolls effect. Yeah, I guess. Um, well, yeah, fairy tales are like kind of a definitely kind of a secret life where you go off into this different country or something and have these adventures. And then I had these other, I put these other kind of nested stories in there too. The um, 
stories of other people who had known the family and you know what had happened to them like the family during when they the fam what happened to the family during prohibition when um they weren't allowed to make wine anymore and things like that the the wine business is a big business and i'm wondering if when you decided to kind of write about that aspect of it uh research talk about researching that and i'm wondering did you talk to any of the current people now and i wonder if you, if they were particularly happy to hear you unearthing the the history of the 70s well not i didn't talk to any of the actual wine people it was just more you know i'd put them in napa so of course they had to make wine i mean what else could they do and um and then that it led to a whole bunch of different cool things that they ended up doing. But, um, yeah, it wasn't that big a business. I did, I researched a whole bunch. I mean, I have notes and notes and notes about how you make wine, and none of it actually ended up in the story, which is unfortunate. You know, I read books and books, and I could tell you, you know, how they made wine. <laughs> none of it ended up there. Um, I ended up talking to a woman at the Historical Society, I guess, who was very helpful, but I didn't actually talk to any people who made the actual wine which because it turned out it wasn't that important to the book well my guess is is all that reading you did did end up in the book just it ended up in terms of informing the characters in the background well I, I hope so I mean I had this there, there was there's this one character the the middle sister and she's in she's studying chemistry and I had this um, there was this whole backstory for her about how she learned chemistry about chemistry from hanging out with the wine people and there was this guy that I had that would be based on this actual wine person who came over from France and did experiments with wine and then there was no place to put that so I, I knew it was going on but I don't know <laughs> I couldn't fit it in there talk about the process of uh crafting a novel for you was this it sounds like this one was different than your usual uh gig well it seems like every novel is different like every time I finish a novel I think okay I know how to write a novel now I'll just go on to the next one and they're all different you have no idea how to write the next one it's a totally different one and this one for some reason I don't know what it was it was just so hard and I ended up um I did something that I never, ever do, which was, I know other writers do this all the time, which was skipping a part and then going on, doing the end. And I thought I could, I never thought I could do that. I thought, well, I have to write it sequentially. I have to know exactly where it's going before I write the end. And I just got so frustrated and it made me so crazy that I just skipped ahead, wrote the ending, and then I thought, okay, now I have to get to the ending. And then that made it easier. This sounds really interesting. Now, um, I, your prose style is really nice. It's very rich and, and kind of uh, poignant. Uh, the stuff I've read, I really have enjoyed. It's just uh, feels kind of puts you in the place and in the minds of your characters. And I'm wondering how much of their lives you live when you're writing the book and how close you feel to your world and how close you feel to their world. Do you feel like you're stuck in between? Well, I feel pretty close to their world. That was um, part, of, part of the reason I couldn't give up the book I you know I put it down once and I said okay this isn't working I'm just gonna put it down and this character was just in my head this is also this is the first book this is part of the problem I guess it was the first book I wrote that was first person so I mean I've written short stories that were first person but this is the first novel and I had his voice in my head I mean I knew exactly what he sounded like and um, and I would hear him make comments about things and I would think oh I have to put that in the book no I forgot I'm not writing the book never mind 
and then I'd have to get back to the book. So I just couldn't, I couldn't put it down, you know, I had to finish it. Well, I'm sure we'll all feel that way as we read it. Now, are you working on something new now? Um, not right now. I have a short story coming out in Asimov's, but I'm not, I have an idea for a novel. <laughs> I have a couple ideas. I'm kind of leery about novels now since this one was so hard, but maybe, you know, I have this, every time I start, I have this feeling that like, oh, I've forgotten how to do it. Okay. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, maybe you'll write this one as your kind of uh, nano-rimo, rimo nimo. This will be easy. This will be so easy. No more first person. That's the thing. I'm not going to write another first person one. I've been speaking with Lisa Goldstein. Her new novel is The Uncertain Places. It's out from Tachyon Publications. Thank you for joining me, Lisa. Thanks. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. <laughs>